0: write the book of Philippians and say, chapter 1, verse 1, and, and begin to write. Moses didn't do Genesis 1, 1 and say, okay, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They were added in about the 1500s, in the 15th century. And I say this because I think that in this passage of scripture that I read, if you noticed, I didn't put any Bible verses, numbers in it. I want to go back, and I want to do that now. Here's what it looks like if you put the verses in. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Verse 5, let your gentleness gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. This is where I have an issue with how the person that gave us chapters and verses divided this passage of scripture. I'm going to share with you how I think it should have been done. I think that verse 5 should end after the evidence to all, and verse 6 should begin with the Lord is near. And here's, I believe, an important lesson for us. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Why, that is important to me. Anxiety comes in my life when I forget that the Lord is near. Do you believe the Holy Spirit is present here today? I do. He's here, and we didn't have to beg him, for Jesus promised that when we gather in his name, he's in the midst. Anxiety comes when I forget that he is near. When I forget that God's love is here, and I doubt his love, and I doubt that he cares for me as his child. Anxiety comes when I doubt that he knows what's best for me. Anxiety comes when God's power is doubted. But God is not way out there. God is here. He's with us. The Lord is near That's what we celebrate at Christmas, isn't it? Emmanuel, not a cosmic force out there, but Emmanuel, God with us. So my definition of anxiety is this, it's the lack of faith that Jesus is near. He's near in our lives and we need to recognize that. I'm reminded of the disciples in the boat. They're going across this sea and Jesus is asleep in the boat, and the storm comes up, and what do they do? They panic because they think they're going to drown, but he's near, he's with them, and they shouldn't have had that fear, and Jesus uses it as a teaching moment in their lives. He talks about their lack of faith because he is with them. In chapters... 4, verse 6, it says, in everything we then, we are to bring our petitions, our prayers to God. Someone said it this way, if a man does not pray about everything, he will be worried about most things. If he does pray about everything, he will not be troubled beyond what is good for him. So the only way to worry about nothing is to pray about everything. And in this passage of Scripture, there are four types of prayer that are listed. And the first one that is listed is—it means—I lost my notes. Prayer is a prayerful spirit— The reality that God is near we live in his life constantly in his presence and no matter where I go what I do I realize that he's near and in this prayer is a lifestyle we sing the chorus sometimes this is the air I breathe your presence living in me in 1st Thessalonians 5 16 we read pray continually pray without ceasing And that's possible when we pray in a spirit of prayer. It means that if we constantly are in the spirit of prayer and we can pray unceasing, that I'm driving down the road and I recognize that God's near, that he's with me, he's in the car with me, and I can pray to him. And better yet, I can listen to him because prayer is a two-way communication. I can listen for his voice to speak to me. I can go into a business meeting and Jesus is there and he can speak to me in that meeting. I can conduct my business in the sense of the presence of his being near and I can pray and it's a continual fellowship that we have. So a help with anxiety starts with a spirit of prayer. It starts with this intimacy. I can bring everything to him. But there's a second part of this passage of scripture. It says petitions, and that means to earnestly seeking after God and personal examination. Now, we think oftentimes of petition as something that we do for other people. But here, petition is not for others It's for myself. It's what the psalmist prayed in chapter 139, verse 23 and 24 in the Psalms. He says, search me, O God, know my heart, teach me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. When we make that our petition, examine me, it helps us with our anxiety because it helps us to align our will with God's will in our lives. And again, I mentioned earlier that the struggle is usually not between good and evil, but between his will and our will and the pulling in different directions. And petitions comes when I'm in personal devotion, when I'm asking God for direction and accountability in my life. And then there's uh, this word, thanksgiving, praise and adoration, thanking God for the good. I told my wife on the way to church today, I kind of wish sometimes in the bulletin that underneath of all the prayer requests that there was a whole list of answers to prayer because we forget sometimes about how great and good God is and has been and is right now with us in our lives and how what he's been doing and if we could share the testimonies i'm sure there would be a great deal of thanksgiving for what he is doing there's praise and adoration thanking him for the good in our lives in my last church uh, where i was at in california we had a phrase that we said look for the good look for the good for James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. Goodness comes to us from God and we need to praise him and thank him. Thankfulness is not always easy, is it? Spontaneous in our lives. But we need to do that. The devil wants to rob us of joy and, and, and thanksgiving helps us to be see the joy and, and the goodness of God. Thanksgiving remembers God's provision in the past, how God has worked, and it helps with, us, with our current anxiety. When I pastored a small church in, on the Oregon coast, uh, I never knew sometimes whether I was going to get paid or not. Sunday night, last after church, Sometimes a treasure could come to me with a check, sometimes not. And I still had bills to pay. And I remember one distinct time, I didn't have money a lot, living kind of paycheck to paycheck with the church. And uh, we had some bills due, and I didn't get paid. The next, you know, I just, I kind of left it with God. This is, you know, I'm in your hands, God. The next morning, I went to the mailbox, and there was a check in the mail to meet my needs. That person that mailed that check to me had to mail it probably on Thursday or so before I ever even recognized there was a need in my life. And it, and it came, and God met my need. And when that happens in your life, You begin to trust God in your finances and everything, and you begin to thank him for what he's done. The Lord is near. And I confess that I don't understand always what is happening and and what he's doing, but I believe that he is in control. And we can thank him for the future. He will be near. And he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. There's something to give thanks for. And the final one is requests in this passage of Scripture. Definite, precise petitions for others and circumstances. Now, this is often where we start, isn't it? Instead of living in the spirit of prayer and seeking personal examination and giving thanks, we bring out our shopping list for God. We we start with petitions instead of starting, like I said, with the spirit of prayer. The Lord is near and I can bring to him in prayers and petitions and thanksgiving and request. So that's the provision in our lives. God's made it available to us. The final thing I would say is the icing on the cake. It's the promise. Paul said, the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. So there is a peace that comes from God to us. It's not some psychological manipulation. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 says this, He will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. And that, in a sense, is another way of saying the Lord is near. There are a lot of self-help books on anxiety. You can go to the Internet and, and Google it, and get all kinds of of suggestions for help. But this passage says that peace is a gift of God. Through the thick and thin of life, his presence, his peace is given to us. And it's a peace beyond understanding. In a sense, it's mind blowing for us. We don't understand it. We're not promised the problem will go away that has caused anxiety but we're promised his presence and his peace that goes beyond understanding. Therefore, anxiety does not win, but peace wins. In 2012, my wife and I were privileged to go on a work and witness trip to Tamxiaco, Peru. Now, you probably have never heard of Tamxiaco, Peru. We flew to Lima and from Lima to a town of about 200,000 called Aquitos. And then you get on a flat bottom boat with two big outboard motors and a little kind of roof over top of you. And you go up the Amazon River about 30 miles to get to this this little village up there. And the Amazon River is a dangerous river to go up in just a little outboard motor boat, there are sandbars. There's rain that happens in the mountains and it brings down logs and you can see them floating down the river. One of the things that they tell you, you should never be on the Amazon after dark. So one day I was asked to go with a group of people from the little town of Tamsiaku to back down to Iquitos to do a clinic We taught people how to brush their teeth and put eye drops in and and basic hygiene. And then we went around the village praying. We went back to the dock to get to our boat, and we were supposed to take back with us some chairs. Somebody had bought some plastic stackable chairs to be used in this new church that we were building. And it began to get later and later and the chairs hadn't arrived at the dock and it's starting to kind of get dusk and uh, we know we are up against it and we were debating whether we were gonna have to stay in town and finally the chairs come and the pilot, the captain of the boat decided that he would take us up the river. It was after dark. We're going up through these sandbars and the possibility of suddenly hitting a log. But I can tell you today that I had peace because it's hard to explain, but at the front of the boat, I could see Jesus. And that captain thought he was piloting that boat. But really, Jesus was piloting us my wife and the other members of our team were all anxious for us, I'm sure, because we were supposed to be there hours before. But we had, were surrounded in his presence, and it was a peace that was beyond understanding. I can't explain it to you, but God was there. He was near. He was with us. That's the kind of peace that God wants to give us. Paul also says that it's a peace that guards our minds and I lost a page of my notes what do you do when you lose a page of your notes dear you you wing it so the, so the, the word here that says guards is actually a military term and it means that it's a century that like guards and protects. And what it's telling us is that God's peace can protect us in our lives. Here's the key that if you learn nothing else this morning, if you hear nothing else from me, I want you to remember that the Lord is near that helps us with our anxiety. In fact, what I'd like to do is lead you in a cheer. Can you say the Lord is near? The Lord is near. Oh, you can do better. Come on, we're at we're at a a uh, baseball game and we're cheering. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. You believe that today? And you believe that he can help you with your anxiety with your fears? with your worry my wife will tell you that when I after Pastor Fred uh, asked me to preach I went and I started looking for sermons and thinking about sermons and I had about 10 of them spread across our dining room table and I began to narrow it down and narrow it down and finally I came down to two sermons and I felt like the Lord wanted me to, to share this today I don't know who's here i just left it with god i said somebody must be going to be here today jesus that needs to know that you can help them with their anxiety that you're near they can bring their prayers their petitions to you and you're going to give them peace that might be you today i want us to close in prayer i want the worship team to come and uh I want us just to pray that God will help someone here today. Jesus, we thank you that you're with us. We thank you that you're near. We believe that your Holy Spirit is speaking and has spoken to someone here today. And we would ask that you would touch, you would heal you would help in people's lives. Teach me to trust you more. Teach me to recognize your nearness. Teach me to trust and obey. We pray these things in your precious name. Amen. Bless you. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your You're big. is is the way that Jesus works. I didn't know that we were singing this song. I saw a song here, but it didn't connect. But you remember I quoted it, part of it, in my sermon. I got goosebumps because it just tied in so beautifully. We're going out into a mission field each of us as we leave here today, to share his good news with others. And I pray that God will bless you and keep you, that you will experience his nearness as you walk with him this week. Go in his peace.